Welcome to the Milestones Motivation and Money Podcast, hosted by Angel Radcliffe. Tune in as we discuss finances, success stories, and inspiring vibes that will help nurture growth. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, I have a very special guest, Carly Myers, who is the founder and leader at the Stress Less Company. Carly Myers is an expert at helping female leaders who feel overworked and exhausted find peace and freedom they desire. As the founder of the Stress Less Company, she's helped hundreds of professionals around the world take action to reduce stress through her educational and mentoring programs. Carly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Now, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Oh my gosh. I, th- I think you really got to, you started with a really good introduction, but I really, I would say the gist of really what I do is I really support leaders who are overworked and exhausted to find that sense of peace and freedom that they desire. And really as a result of our work together, not only do they learn how to deepen their spiritual connection, whatever that means to them, but they also learn those tactical tools that they need so that they can experience more free time, more efficiency, more prosperity, the whole nine yards. Awesome. So I want you to talk to us about the Stressless Company and how did this idea come about? How long have you been a business owner? Give us some of those good juicy details. Okay. So I always say when folks ask me, ask me questions like this, that you've just opened a can of worms, <laughs> but I promise you the can of worms does have a happy ending. And that happy ending is the, the start and the launch of the Stressless Company. When I was about 12 years old, a man was actually murdered in my home and my mom was shot three times. And while my mom ended up actually basically making a full recovery, I really struggled for a long time. I struggled with the symptoms of PTSD, with stress, with overwhelm, with night terrors, with jumpiness, with you name it, I was probably struggling with it. It took me a long time. First of all, it took me a long time to even tell anybody that I was struggling. And when I finally did, I would say things to people like, Hey, I'm feeling a little stressed or I'm feeling a little overwhelmed or or, I'm struggling right now. That was probably the biggest act of courage when I admitted that I was struggling, but I would ask people, I would tell them that I was struggling or I'm having a hard time. And I'd ask people for advice. And it was like clockwork. I got the same five or so responses every single time. Hey, Carly, have you tried Uh, therapy? Have you tried meditation? Have you tried yoga? When's the last time you hit the gym? Have you changed your diet recently? These five or so mainstream approaches. And the reality was for me is that I was so desperate for change that I had tried all of that. And I have to be real with you that some of the stuff, it did not work at all. And some of the stuff worked a little bit, but nothing really ever got me over that hump where I was experiencing things like joy and silliness and goofiness and all of those beautiful states of mind that I was really dying to experience. I was seeing other people live that in that kind of state. And as a result of continually showing up and doing things that I thought should work for me, that seemed to be working for most, most everybody else, I ended up struggling for a really long time. I ended up struggling for 10 plus years and it was a long time until I finally figured out the thing that worked for me. It was at that point where I realized, you know what, there is no one size fits all. And at that point, 
I was so frustrated. I was furious. And I basically threw a, a big tamper, temper tantrum because I was like, why the heck isn't anybody talking about this? Why isn't anybody talking about the fact that there's no one size fits all when it comes to stress management, when it comes to mental health, when it comes to all of this. And so when I got done throwing my temper tantrum, <laughs> I realized like, oh crap, like I'm supposed to be the one that's talking about this. Thus, the Stress Less Company was born and my signature seven-step methodology, the Stress Less Method, was created. Wow. Thank you so much for being transparent. That is, I, I, I am sitting in awe of listening to that. And I'm sure that's not even half the story of, of maybe some of the things that you've been through. But I commend you. For, for the work that you're doing and then sharing your story as well. So when you talk about your stress assessment program and seven steps, can you give us some more details around that? So the stress less method is that it's those signature seven steps that every single one of my clients, regardless of what program they're in, they go through. The very first step, step just to give you some, a taste, if you will, is to deepen our spiritual understanding. And the reason that this step is so important, and also I have to tell you, if you would have told me 10 years ago, 10 years, 10 years ago, Carly, that I was going to make this the first step in my signature program in my business, I probably would have vomited all over you. <laughs> but I realized that this very first step, number one of deepening our spiritual understanding is so freaking important because what I've discovered is that many of the things that most of us are worrying about on a day-to-day -day basis are things that are completely outside of our control, hundred percent outside of our control. So what happens is that we end up creating stress and worry and strife, if you will, by worrying about things that we have no control over. This step is really about saying, wait a second, I can't control this. Why am I giving this headspace? Why am I worrying about this? And it enables us rather than to just tell ourselves, oh, come on, you're overreacting. Let it go. It's out of your control, right? That's not easier said than done. I know for me personally, as a type A, heck no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> right? Let go. And that problem still be there. No. Right. So the reason that this is so important is it's to give us the opportunity to hand this thing that's outside of our control off to something that's greater than ourselves to say, you know what, I can't control the outcome, for instance, of the US presidential election, not within my control. I'm going to hand this off to something greater than myself, whatever that looks like. And the power in doing something like that is one, you let go of a lot of stress and you let go of a lot of worry just in doing that handoff. But two, it actually creates space. It creates physical sometimes and mental space for us to then shift our focus on what is within our control. So the example of the US presidential election, for instance, the thing that might be within my control is going and voting or calling our local government officials and making our opinions heard, making our what is important to us heard. But that's the very first step is to say, what am I worrying about that's outside of my control? And is there something that is greater than me that I can hand it off to? And to really dig into that a little bit more for each and every one of my clients, it looks very different. For some of my clients, it's the traditional 
spiritual entity of God. For others, it's the universe. For even others, it's just the belief that at the end of the day, people are good. It doesn't have to be, the spiritual understanding doesn't have to be what we were raised in or what we think it should quote unquote look like. It can look very different. Thanks so much for those tips. I'm so glad that you brought up worrying about things that we can't control because as you mentioned, that situation can relate to so many things in our lives. And what's funny is I have a paper on my fridge with a quote that says, you cannot control how people treat you. You can only control how you react. And I know that's one thing so many people get caught up on is like how someone acts toward you in the workplace or within a friendship or a relationship, and especially children. If you have children or if you have nieces or nephews, they come and they tell you how people are mean to them at school. And I've been living by this thing for for so long and I just taped it on the fridge because sometimes I would wonder like, why is someone treating me this way? If you think about the workplace and if you've ever had a horrible coworker or if you've ever been in a bad relationship and I had to come to the realization that I don't necessarily have control over someone else and their actions and I'm going to stop stressing out about it because I can't control it. I can only control me. So I love that concept. (laughs) And of course, I want to go back to when you were telling your story about how you decided to start teaching this stress management program and how it relates back to your childhood and not really being able to communicate that stress or have people understand what that stress is that you were going through. It is so important in children to have that open line of communication and for parents to understand that kids go through things of that nature too. It's not always grownups. And one thing I really loved about your website is you had a blog post discussing how can parents really relate to stress and deal with stress as it relates to children? So can you give us some suggestions for parents who might be listening? Oh my gosh. So I always like to say, anytime someone asks me about parenting, I am totally unqualified. Unless we're talking about fur babies, then I'm totally qualified (laughs) to talk about this. But I did do, you know, one thing that is really common across the board is that relationships, I always say relationships are, are one of the biggest spiritual teachers, hands down. And I love that quote that you have on your fridge, because that's a great example of, of no, knowing and noticing that the way we have no control over the way other people act and react, but we do have control over how we respond. And that's hundred percent true. So really tying it back to what I shared before, one of those first steps that we can take is to do that handoff. When we feel the urge to control or maybe manipulate others into acting a certain way because of whatever reason to say, wait a second, is this isn't within my control. This isn't something that I should be controlling and hand it off. Now, the other thing that I recently had a guest on the show, on my show, the stress less show, Kimberly Keen, she shared this incredible piece of advice that I'd love to pass along. And it's this concept of standards, expectations. I think it's standards versus expectations. I may be butchering it, but really the concept is that we have expectations of everyone around us, especially our kids. We say, Hey, clean up your room. And our expectation, our unspoken expectation is that they clean it up right now, or they clean it up today by the end of the day. 
But the problem with that unspoken expectation is that the child or the other person may have a completely different expectation of what that means. For them, it mean it may be reasonable to have their room cleaned up by the end of the week, by the end of the month, by the end of the year, depending on their expectations, their own assumptions. When we have these expectations that are uncommunicated and that are off, that really creates room to, to breed resentment and frustration. And not only on our end, but from our child's perspective to say, they're like, doesn't she trust me? Don't they trust me? I said I was going to clean my room. Goodness gracious. The key here is to switch from unspoken expectations to having standards. So when we're making those requests, when we're in conversation, we would say, hey, would you mind cleaning a room by the end of today? And then you're, the child or the other person has the opportunity to say, I can totally do that. Or, you know what? I'm busy tonight. I got a bunch of stuff to do, but can it be done by the end of the week? And then you're able to be in open communication. And I think that is a really powerful place to be because otherwise we are, we're making assumptions that can really breed resentment and stress and, and the whole nine yards. That's a great way to put it. And I just recently had another podcast guest who, who's into sales and she talked about, she used the scenario of children and how do you talk to children? How do you deal with children? And she used the cleaning your room example. And she was like, you have to sell it to your child. So cleaning their room. And I thought that was very interesting, but I really liked how you put it as well. I want to rewind back to last year. So of course, 2020 was one of the craziest years. I think many of us have had some people that can really match other things that have happened in their lives. But when we're thinking about stress and we're thinking about stress levels, I know just from hearing and seeing on the news and listening to what's been going on, people have lost their jobs. There's you're at home if you're a parent and you're being a teacher, you're also working, you're dealing with the household. So stress levels have went through the roof for people who are listening and they're still trying to manage the number of things that are on their plate with the increased amount of stress. What are some suggestions that you can give people to deal with their day-to-day stress life? So I would, this really goes into the conversation of unnecessary stress versus stress that is outside of our control, things that are going to happen anyway. One of the things that I would, I do with my clients is I support them to really get to the root and remove those little stressors that just end up piling up and making things so much worse. So one of the things that I noticed and saw just living through 2020 and guiding and mentoring people on their stress management journeys in the past year is that Folks who had a higher pile of unnecessary stress on their plate were more likely to have a hard time, have a breakdown, end up in burnout when the pandemic came. So what do I mean by that? If we have, for instance, the world's messiest desk and let's say I've got a ton of papers on my desk right now. And every time I move my hand, because I talk with my hands, I hit a piece of paper and something falls on the floor. Or every time I'm in a meeting, I can't seem to find the darn paper and I'm wasting time. And this is happening 10, 15 times a day. This is absolutely something that's within my control, something that I can shift. It would fall under the category of unnecessary stressor. Now imagine that I had 25 of those types of stressors that took me through the entire workday. 
what happens is by the end of the workday, we want to rip our hair out. We are like, I can't take this anymore. Oh my freaking goodness. Today was so hard. And then we get an unexpected phone call. Something bad happened. That is going to be the thing that breaks us down versus we in the same person, the same scenario, maybe we have a clean organized desk. We can find papers when we need to. We are very, we're moving our body. Maybe that's something that could cause someone stress, not moving. We really have tackled all of these unnecessary stressors. So when that phone call comes, we're not only able to hear it and receive it, we may even have the power to hold space for that other person who's having a really difficult time delivering that news. We are not only able to cope ourselves, but we're able to hold space because we're not running on empty. When we're talking about having all of these things, we've got this thing on the on our plate and that thing on our plate, and we just feel like we're so spread thin. I would invite people to contemplate what is within my control? What is making me insane right now that's within my control that I can shift that I can make small changes so that I'm feeling a little less strained. I'm feeling a little less spread thin. And I don't know what that looks like for each individual, because again, there is no one size fits all, but that's a really great place to start to say, Hey, what's on, what's stress am I experiencing in my life? That's absolutely unnecessary. Little stuff like a dirty desk to big stuff, like being in a relationship that is just not working. Maybe you need to have a difficult conversation. Maybe it's time to say, see you later but really going through all of those things one by one to get rid of those unnecessary stressors so that when things like a global pandemic and the US presidential election come along, we are able to stand on our own two two feet and from a place of our strengths. I love those examples because, oh my gosh, I, I think the presidential election had so many people on the edge of their seats. <laughs> and I'm just going to say acting a fool <laughs> because... <laughs> Even my neighbors, I'm like, what the heck? If you were able to see our HOA Facebook group and neighbors were turning against each other, and I'm like, it's really not this serious. (laughs) Jeez, but those are some great examples of dealing with unnecessary stress. And I I really love how you go into detail. So I want to go back to your program. And I know you mentioned that it's seven steps. How long is this program? If someone wanted to sign up and they're saying, I don't know how to deal with the stress in my life, or I'm really having a hard time. I I am assuming that you're working with everyone, no matter like what the situation is as it relates to stress. So let's take someone who had a bad breakup. And I think we've all been through like a horrible breakup at one point or or another in our lives. Sometimes you get over it easy. Sometimes it's months and you're soaking over something that you can't control or someone who lost their job or is going through a period of mourning. Is the same concept used all around for those different scenarios? So the wonderful thing about, first of all, to answer your first question, all of my programs are a minimum of one year. And that's because this is really a journey. This is not, I know so many many coaches, so many people are out there selling a magic pill. And that is really not what we're looking at here. And I want to be really clear about that for, for everyone who's listening. It's when we're more really dealing with stress management, we're dealing with trying to find the emotional freedom that we're looking for, that peace, that, that freedom, that contentment, whatever that beautiful state of mind is. Most of the time we are undoing 10, 20, 30 plus years of programming that tells us otherwise that created suffering. So a lot of habitual things that really need to be reprogrammed in terms of 
different backgrounds and different stressors. Every single one of my clients come to me with different stressors. Now there are commonalities, right? So Angel, great example about relationships, right? That's one of the top stressors. I have other clients who come to me because they're struggling with job pressure. Other clients who are, they've been to the doctors a million times with health concerns and nobody can figure out what it is. It's usually a symptom of stress, unexplained different ailments and things like that. So it really can run the gamut between relationships, job pressure, health, really money situations as well. How do I get more? How do I build my business? I feel like this should be easier, but yet I'm ripping my hair out. So it really supports a variety of situations. And the way that we've, the way that I've developed the stress less method is it's not, I like to think of it as it's like all of the pathways in which we could travel. So it's like the airways and the railroads and the highways and the roads and the waterways. We could take a boat, we could take a plane, we could take a train, depending on our circumstance and what we need. And each person has the opportunity within this structure to say, I need to take this path in the stressless method. So for instance, step number two in the stressless method is to identify your blocks. And what that is, it goes deeper than just saying, what is stressing me out? Now I have a signature process that I take all of my clients through to say, okay, here's what's stressing us out, but really, truly, what is beneath the surface? What is the root of this stressor and how do we pull that out? And for John, let's say it may be that if it's money concerns that he needs to return to budgeting and doing that stuff or listening to your podcast and getting a stuff or for Sue, maybe it's having a difficult conversation with her husband or for Sarah, it might be taking a different approach in building her business. So for each one of, of these hypothetical clients, it looks really different because when they figure out what their block is, then they have the opportunity to say, wait a second, if this has been, I've been making subconscious choices based on this block that's been affecting my relationships, my life, my money, whatever, what can I do? What is my customized solution to implement so that I can create the peace and freedom that I'm looking for? Because one of the things that I share with my clients is that our thoughts, this great formula, our thoughts become our actions, become our results. So our thoughts and our actions end up our result end up being our results is what we end up manifesting. So if our thoughts, we have these subconscious thoughts or these subconscious actions that we're taking these habitual actions, then we're getting different results than we really want. And the definition of insanity is continually showing up and doing the same thing and expecting different results. So I think that's a long way of answering your question. <laughs> no, that's great. I love it. I know we're almost to the end of the podcast, but I want to bring up uh, one thing before we get into those last three questions. So here's something that you mentioned. When we experience stress, our critical thinking is the first thing to go out the window. And I want everyone who's listening to think back to a time where you've been in a very stressful situation, of course. Most of my topics are typically related to to finances and business, Mm -hmm. but think about the last time that you were stressed out and maybe you did something like 
you turned around and you gave your card, your credit card to your kid, <laughs> or you purchased something online. A lot, there's so many things that can happen. Like once that critical thinking's out the window, I know I've been in car accidents. If you've ever been driving down the street and you've been thinking so hard about something and so stressed about something where everything else is not functioning. It's like your brain is not functioning. If you've ever done something silly and we've all done it, maybe take that time and sit back and relax and gather your thoughts and reach out to Carly and see if her program can benefit you. I, I really like that saying, Carly. So I want to get into the last three questions and then we'll get into some last minute details. So here's a question and I'd love to ask all of my guests the same question. So we'll start off with the first one is what motivates you or how do you motivate other people? I love this question. I think what really motivates me is my sense of purpose. Just knowing that why I'm here and knowing that the work that I'm doing is so freaking important. I forget the name of the the researcher, but he's basically the Brene Brown of purpose. And the way that he defines purpose is that it's something that not only fills your cup as the individual, but it also is consequential for the world around you. And I think that having that type of purpose that not only fills my cup, but helps others really keeps me jumping out of bed every morning. All right. And then when you think about milestones, what is like either the biggest milestone or the most memorable in your life? Okay. So aside from overcoming that crazy story that I shared with you earlier, I will say that the other biggest milestone that I just, I'm smiling with giddy, just thinking about it was the day I put in my, my, I don't, I think I did a two month notice. Cause I was crazy, but the day I put in my notice to go full-time as an entrepreneur at, for the stress loss company, that was a huge milestone and goodness gracious. I'm so excited that I did that. <laughs> It's always great when you're stepping out of your own and you are controlling everything around you. Gosh, we could have a whole episode on entrepreneurship and <laughs> the ups and downs. Yeah. <laughs> so um, of course, I want to get into this next question. So money, when you think about money, think all throughout your life. And when did you first form a relationship with money? You can give us a story or an example there. So this is a funny, this is a funny story. And I don't know if I actually remember it myself, but my mom has told me this story so many times that it is ingrained in my brain. And apparently when I was a kid, my, my mom, and I remember this for sure that my mom would always say, we can't do X, Y, and Z because we're on a budget. She is, she was the budget, you, the queen of using the budget to tell us everything we couldn't do. And there was a particular time where we were at the mall and there was a local ice cream, you know, shop there in the food court. And I told my mom, I wanted some ice cream. And of course she came back with her line. No, we're not getting ice cream. We're on a budget. And my immediate response was to fling my hand on my hip and look with her with probably all the attitude in the world and to say, you may be on a budget, but I'm not. I was like a nine-year-old girl. I was on her budget. <laughs> so that's my earliest memory. <laughs> that is so amazing. <laughs> oh man. And, and I'm sure like we can have a whole conversation about budgeting and money from being a kid, but <laughs> thank you so much for that. So I've enjoyed you being a guest on the podcast, uh, so much insight that you 
have given us about stress management. I, I really hope that people listening have taken notes, rewind if you need to reach out to Carly. But before you leave us, is there any last words you have for the audience? I know we talked about my programs quite a bit through today. And I just want to share that if what I shared about these programs or even some of the tips that I share resonated with you as a listener, I invite you to apply for a complimentary stress assessment. And really what that is, where we'll get together one-on-one and you'll share what's causing the overwork, what's causing the overwhelm, what's causing that resistance, that thought that's, ah, this shouldn't be so freaking hard. And I will listen deeply and I'll hold energetic space for you. And then together we will get to the root of why you haven't found that peace and that freedom that you desire yet. And of course we can co-create next steps. If that's calling you, I invite you to apply for that complimentary stress assessment and you can do so by visiting stresslessco.com slash apply. And for those who would like to reach out to you via social media, can you drop your social media handles? Absolutely. So we're pretty much everywhere at the Stress Less Co. Awesome. So make sure you follow Carly, make sure you reach out and tune in for the next episode. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with Angel online on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss RMBA. That's M-I-S-S-R-M-B-A. Be sure to subscribe and review. Join us next time as we continue to empower you through milestones, motivation, and money.